Welcome back to this week's episode of the Live Healthy with Laura podcast, where I hope to inspire you to tune out all of the noise of our modern day world, even for just a few minutes. So that way you can better tune into your body and start redefining what healthy really means to you. No longer do you need to live tied down to old toxic beliefs about food, fitness, and the scale. This year is the year of transformation where you have the opportunity to dive deep and take living and eating intuitively to a whole new level. This is the year that you get to gain a whole new strength and a vibrance about you that will be too bright for the world not to see. Get ready to dive deep with me on yet another exciting topic that I hope will leave you feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to take on this week full steam. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Live Healthy with Laura podcast. Um, today, I want to talk to you about something that, you know, is very, um, it, it's, it's a very touchy topic for some. And it's a reality that many are currently living in. Um, And I want to, you know, for whatever reason, right now, even though it's not the the month of infertility awareness or or infant loss awareness, it it is the time that I feel called to share my story and my journey with infertility. Um... Because I know, actually I don't know, who's really listening to this, who's going to hear this one day, and who needs it. And I do feel called in my heart to encourage you if you are, if you are or have suffered um, a loss. Um, but also I want to encourage you that if you haven't, maybe you have a brood of healthy children and, you know, that's not, we've all had our own struggles, but maybe infertility has not been one of them. I really still believe in my heart that maybe somebody will come across your path that needs you to share this with them. Um, and so I'm just going to encourage you to keep listening and um, hopefully you'll gain something from it. But I just want to share my story um, because I want to bring someone hope and, you know, someone hope today that's been hurting. Um, and I wish, gosh, I wish I'd had, I had heard an episode like this one when I was struggling. So um Infertility, you know, it's one of the loneliest, when I was going through infertility, it was one of the loneliest times of my life. It didn't matter that I had an amazing husband, an amazing family, a job I loved. It didn't matter that I had amazing friends surrounding me. It was the loneliest I've ever felt and probably the most helpless and hopeless I've ever felt. And so, the backstory is I got married in 2007 to my high school sweetheart, got married at 18, um, instantly got thrown on birth control, the one and only time I ever was on birth control, and it's a whole other podcast for another day. Um, advocate, just be an advocate for your bodies, ladies, and do your research um, and pray about uh, your um, route, the route you choose to... Um, to not get pregnant if you are trying to wait. But um, yeah, I went through a lot um, when I was on birth control and it really impacted my hormones and my neurotransmitters. And uh, while I was on it, um, I was uh, 19 at the time, I did get pregnant on, um, on birth control. And I was, you know, it was a shock and honestly, we were so not prepared. We were so broke. We were, you know, in college, um, living in a one bedroom apartment 
and just trying to navigate, you know, newlywed life. It wasn't planned. And, um, so, but we got excited, of course, and we told our family and our friends. And then a few weeks later, I woke up to, to blood and to, uh, to a miscarriage. Um, well, at the time I didn't know it was a miscarriage and disclaimer, I will try very, very best to not be graphic in this episode, but I just want to be real because I know somebody out there is listening and, and feels the, you know, and, and understands what I'm saying and, and knows what it feels like to wake up to a miscarriage. And it's horrifying. Um, so I got an appointment that day, you know, again, I was, first trimester, like I was probably close to seven, eight weeks at the time. Um, you know, and back then I really didn't track my cycle like as well as I do now. So, um, but I had been having symptoms for a while and anyways, I go in, they check my HCG, my, I do a blood test and she calls me that afternoon and says the words, well, looks like you actually did have a miscarriage. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to try again? Or do you want to go on birth control? Now I'm just going to hit pause for a minute and just say that I hope that the, the physician that you are working with when, you know, if you are, if you are going through a miscarriage, I hope they have compassion for you and that they value the life that you carried and that they speak to you differently than I was spoken to that day. Because here I was, 19, you know, trying to figure out, like, how to wrap my head around being a mom so young. And then getting excited and going through the emotions of that and telling everyone. And then finding out in a split second that that reality was not going to happen. And I had miscarried. And hearing the words, you know, it's over on the phone, it was, it was really horrible and it was horrifying to hear. And so I'm just, you know, I did switch OBs after that day to an amazing OBGYN that I love. Um, and if you need a recommendation in the Fredericksburg area, please send me a message. I will let you know who I see. But, uh, so the, the point is I, you know, we, I chose not to go back on birth control because I felt horrible and we just, you know, found other remedies, but uh, we made the decision between the two of us that as sad as it was and as much as we wanted to be parents one day, we were not ready. We were not ready financially. We were not ready emotionally. We were not ready. We didn't have that, the space for it, everything. So, but what I want to say today is that something that I wish I had allowed myself to do was to really grieve. I See, I, I'll be honest. I felt... Like people around me, they were so kind and caring, but then, you know, nobody wanted to talk about it. And so then I would stop talking about it. I wouldn't talk about it. And I was just trying to move on, but I can't explain the feeling I I felt, you know, knowing I was going to be a mom. Um, The baby's due date was in, it was April 10th. Like I'll never forget. And I, you know, I, um, I just, it was really hard. It was. And I felt this hole this gaping hole in my heart. And it was almost like, you know, once I was going to be a mom and then I wasn't, it sparked this strong desire and passion inside of me to be a mom 
that much sooner. And so even though we decided to wait, I was really struggling emotionally because I, you know, as a mom, again, we're the ones that physically carried the child, right? And we then lose the child and we just felt this connection, you know, even if it was only for a few weeks. And so we want that connection back. So I want to speak to the woman today that maybe, you know, maybe they they feel like they shouldn't be grieving or they shouldn't be feeling the way they're feeling. I want you to know that, you know, if, I just want you to know that your feelings are valid. So you're allowed to, you know, that, that hole you feel is valid. I mean, that pain you're feeling is valid. And the, you know, when the baby's due date passes and you just want to stay in bed, those feelings are valid. So, um, but moving on, I, I, you know, we, we did, we waited four years to try after that point. And so four years into our marriage, um, we decided, okay, we're ready. We're done with, you know, school. My husband had, um, like we, we, we had a good financial plan. Um, and we're like, all right, let's do this. Um, but I will say one of the hardest things about going through infertility is kind of like, you know, you know how you buy a car and then you've never seen it before and then everybody else has it around you. Well, for me, it felt like I got pregnant, had a miscarriage and everyone else around me was having healthy babies. And I was literally, I feel like every month invited to a baby shower. It was really hard. And God really worked on my heart during that period of time to not be envious and not feel resentful towards these women. Um, (laughs) just being really real and honest, it was really, really hard. And, um, so again, I want to validate your feelings too. If you're struggling with those, that guilt of feeling maybe anger or, or resentment towards somebody that you even love or are close to that's having a healthy baby. It's not that you want to feel that way, but it was, um, it was part of me just in my struggle, just feeling like, why me? Why me? I wanted to be a little, a mom since I was a little girl. And I mean, I've always been that nurturing, caring type. I would work at a daycare, you know, before I worked for my dad, I worked at a daycare and I loved those babies. When they would graduate to the toddler class, I would almost cry every single time. So I just always had a a part of my, you know, always wanted to be a mom and I've just always been a nurturer. So anyways, you know, I, uh, when it was time or we decided it was time to start trying, um, we got pregnant again really quickly. Now I just want to say one, one thing, um, regardless of the type of infertility struggle you have struggled with, it does not matter. It's all devastating. But one thing that was told to me and, you know, I always felt grateful for was I was able to get pregnant. And I know many people can't even make it that far. So, um, thankfully I was able to have, you know, to get pregnant. My mom had six children. She had three losses herself. Um, but, but she had six kids. And so I felt like, I did, you know, I was fertile and I was grateful for that, but it didn't change the fact that it was incredibly devastating to get pregnant, you know, find, get a positive test, tell your husband in a cute way. You know, I had so many different ways I would tell him each time, like bun, like, like I would do like cinnamon rolls, like buns in the oven. Like I did, you know, like cute little things like that. Um, and one year, the his birthday present was a pregnancy test. And, you know, it was just, I mean, I remember it was hard. So regardless of, it, you know, if you feel guilty because, you, okay, well, I can get pregnant. At least I can. You know, it's still painful. It's so painful to have that excitement and those 
that feeling of I'm going to be a mom and then to have it, you know, taken from you. Um, it's, it's hard, but so we got pregnant right away again, as soon as we were like, all right, let's try, we're ready. And again, same thing happens. Uh, you know, was pregnant for a little while. Again, I, one part, one thing with me is I can never carry past first trimester. Um, that was a trend that we noticed. Like I could not. And, um, so I'd be pregnant for a few weeks and then bleed out. And it was always in the morning that I would wake up to it. And again, not to be graphic, I just want to be real. It was something that really, uh, triggered a lot of anxiety in me for a long, long time. And so one thing I wish our culture would change is that there's a, uh, like the protocol is you don't go get for, you don't go get transferred to a fertility uh, specialist until you've miscarried three times. Now that was a few years ago, maybe it's changed, but I, after my second miscarriage, they didn't look into it um, simply because you're told, well, 30% of miscarriages end in, I'm sorry, 30% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't looked into. And then um, a couple months later, got pregnant again. And um, again, we were actively trying. So then a couple months later, got pregnant again, was pregnant for a few weeks, and then lost the baby. So that's when my OB called me and said, Hey, um, I want you to go get a blood test and I want to test your progesterone. And I said, okay. And I went and got it tested. It was extremely low. And, um, that's, you know, she said, okay, you know, you've had three, I'm going to refer you to a specialist. I don't want you to try again until you've seen her. And so we got referred, went in, did a bunch of testing. And aside from the low progesterone, everything looked great on both mine and my husband's side. So on both of our tests. Um, So that was almost, it was frustrating because I was like, well, okay, all right. So it's just progesterone. Like that's why, all right, this whole time I could have just had progesterone and I would have had these babies. (laughs) It was like, that could not have been looked into till now. It was um, it was upsetting. So that's another reason I'm going to encourage you to be your own advocate and push for answers and um, you know request to get your progesterone checked before you start trying for a baby. But I was upset, right? I was like, okay, well that was an easy fix, I guess. And um, so then um, supplemented with progesterone. Uh, but was unable to carry again. And then I was dumbfounded. I was like, how in the world? This was the issue and we fixed it and I still miscarried. <laughs> so, um, you know, at the time I was with my fertility, the fertility specialist and she said something to me. She said, I want to do further testing. I want to see if you have any genetic mutations going on, any, anything behind the scenes. And I'll be completely honest, my pride got in the way. And I said to her like, no, 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 no. I'm fine. My mom had six kids. There's no way we have anything genetic going on because she had six kids and you know, I'm, I'm fine. And so she said, okay, listen, I won't do all the testing. You know, it was expensive. Like we were still like, you know, 
it, we were still working on our finances and, you know, I just didn't want to have to navigate all of that yet. I just said, look, can we just maybe just try one more time? And she said, okay, if you try one more time and you miscarried, then I really want to do this testing. So I then miscarried for the fifth time, um, the fifth and the last time. And she said to me, okay, like, and, and I agreed. All right. I threw my hands up. I said, all right, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm clearly not, this is not working. And I was at that point in a deep, dark place. Truly I was. Again, that hole had just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I truly was doubting I'd ever be a mom at that point. And I said, all right, like last resort, uh, let's try. Let's just go get the blood work done and like, let's try this one last route and we'll see. And lo and behold, 12 vials of blood later, um, something came back on my blood panel. I actually, a couple things, um, came back with having MTHFR C677T. It's a genetic mutation. Um, and it, is linked to clotting and it's linked to uh, homocysteine buildup. And um, also I had a positive ANA, uh, lupus antibodies and the low progesterone, which we already knew. So it was a little bit more than we realized. And she said, okay, all right, this is what I want you to try. You, you know, you're going to need blood thinners to, you know, Lord, to, to like she said to me, Laura, you're going to probably need blood thinners to carry pregnancy. And I said, oh, okay, so I just need to take an aspirin. She said, no, 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 no. It's not going to be enough. You're going to need to inject yourself every single day with Lovinox. <laughs> and I said, okay, um, all right, and we'll, we'll do that. But then, you know, hey, what happens in a journey? Roadblocks, right? Roadblocks, roadblocks, roadblocks. And God helps you pivot, but man, at the time, it just makes you feel that much more you know, disheartened uh, about the situation. So my insurance did not want to pay for the Lovenox. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, interesting the things they'll cover. Interesting the things they won't cover. <laughs> and um, I mean, uh, we had to pay out of pocket. And so I, my dad being an amazing, loving father to me and great physician who knows a ton of people in the area actually called around to see if they had any samples like anywhere in the area. And after several calls, he actually... Uh, found out that there was an office that had a whole bunch of Lovenox injections, the exact type I needed, the exact dose, everything, um, because a woman, a man's wife had just passed away and he said, I wanted somebody to have them. You know, she would want somebody to have them. So it was, um, man, I don't get emotional very much, but this part of my story is pivotal, very pivotal. And so um, this is this is the part that I hope gives you hope, okay? <laughs> I hope you see that I went through a lot, right, to have my babies. Uh, but this is the moment where things turn. So, and this is, you know, again, years of, of going through heartache. And um, I had prayed, like, God, I, I really believe you want me to be a mom. Like, show me, help me. You know, I was exhausted by researching myself and I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I, um, it was the first time in my life and then when it came to having children that I really started praying 
with open hands. I had been praying with closed fists. Like I'm meant to be a mom. I'm going to carry these babies biologically. Like I've always pictured being pregnant. I've always wanted to be pregnant. And like, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to research until I figure it out. And, you know, it was this moment of hopelessness and helplessness, you know, that, and it brought me to my knees. It's when I realized like, God, like, you know, maybe, you know, I know you want me to be a mom, but maybe this is not the way I'm supposed to be a mom. Maybe I'm not going to carry children biologically. But I just remember thinking, well, there's something to, something about this phone call, right? The fact that this doctor is saying, I have this entire, you know, these, these boxes of Lovenox injections ready to go. I thought maybe, maybe there is hope, right? So I, I remember it was a rainy day. And I parked my car. I was like lunch break and I went to go pick them up. And, um, you know, I, we had started trying again. So that I remember walking and it was rainy and I just remember talking to God while walking, um, back to my car while holding these Lovenox injections and saying, all right, God, like, you know, show me your will. If you want me to be a mom, God, then work a miracle in my body because I, I have nothing. I have nothing left to give. I'm exhausted. I, I'm, I'm hurting and I, I can't give my husband a a baby. I feel like I'm not a, you know, there's something wrong with me. I don't know what I did. You know, I don't know, God, I would, for years I would ask myself, was it the coffee? Was it the stress that day? Was it, did I exercise too hard? Right. But it was in that moment that I stopped asking questions and I started praying with open hands. And so on that rainy day, I remember taking the injections home and <laughs> they hurt like heck. Lovenox burns for anybody that has never had a Lovenox injection. But I remember the nurse teaching me actually at, at our office how to do it. And I went home and injected myself. And um, at the time, didn't know I was, did not know I was pregnant yet. So we had just started trying again for that, you know, that cycle. But I said, what the heck? I'll just keep doing it until I get my period again. And And, um, so then that Sunday, I remember driving, we were driving in our truck to go eat at our in-laws. And, uh, I just told my husband, Hey, I just want to let you know that I don't know if this is going to work. And it's not that I was trying to, you know, take away his hope. I just said to him, like, I, I actually really am tired of fighting and maybe pushing against something God doesn't want for us. Maybe like Chris, maybe we're supposed to adopt. And this whole time I've just been praying with closed fist. And he actually looked at me, he said, Hey, look, no, like I really, God has like told me multiple times we're going to have biological kids. I I feel it so strongly. And I said, I I just want to let you know that I think we're meant to adopt. Like, I just don't think this is going to work. And I'm now open to God's plan. I'm not going to try to tell God, you know, what the future holds anymore. I'm going to, I I don't want to live like this anymore. I can't. So it was that Sunday we drove to his mom's house. We had that conversation and it was the following Thursday that, uh, my doctor wanted me to, you know, go get the blood test and see if I was pregnant that month. And I actually was sitting at the computer at work and my test results came in and I, it told me I was pregnant. Like I, I was like, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm okay. Here we go again. But my heart and for anybody that's miscarried several times or once even, it's like, you're afraid to get excited, right? You're scared. And you still feel like if you get, if you, if you get excited, then it's going to be taken away from you. So I just stayed really neutral. And I said, well, 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and, uh, I just kept injecting myself. I did have to do, uh, progesterone suppositories every single day as well. I had to take a aspirin as well. And that was my cocktail that the doctor ordered and we just kept trying it and, um, I just kept doing it. And then a couple weeks went by and she said, all right, I, Hey, I, you know, I want you to come in for an ultrasound. And, um, and we went in and we saw our little, little jelly bean and a little flicker, <laughs> um, her heartbeat flicker on the screen. And, and I had never gotten to see that before. Um, because I, we had just, you know, the typically, unless you're with, uh, like a high risk doctor, they won't see you until like 10 weeks. So I had never, you know, eight to 10 weeks. I just, I would always miscarry before that appointment. I had never gotten to see a heartbeat. And, um, and I just remember like finding out that her due date was Mother's Day and what that, like how that felt to me. The Mother's Days previously had ripped my heart out. I remember at our church, um, they would call the moms up on Mother's Day to go get a rose from, you know, the stage. And, uh, and I wasn't one of them. I wasn't, I couldn't get up. And the mother day, the mother's day before my daughter, before I was induced with her, um, I couldn't take it anymore. I remember getting up during the time when they asked the moms to come up and get a rose. And I went to the hallway and just cried. And my husband found me in the hallway crying and he took me to breakfast. And we just had to hold on to faith knowing like God did give us this, this hope. Like he gave us this dream. He put this in our hearts to be parents and we just didn't know how it was going to happen. But he, my husband, God bless him, was my rock. And, um, and so it was the following Mother's Day that my, I was actually able to go up and get a rose. And my daughter was induced that day. She was, it was her due date. She did not want to come. Um, and, you know, I have to say, though, like, it was, the pregnancy was beautiful. It was amazing. I, every ultrasound that I would see in a, a heartbeat, I was like, Actually, I didn't want to look when they would do the ultrasound. I said, I, I'm not going to look. I'm just not going to look until you tell me that it's okay. I mean, I had so much anxiety and I want to also speak to somebody who's pregnant now after a miscarriage. The anxiety is real. I checked for blood every single day for 40 weeks with both children. I was terrified of every ultrasound. I bought a Doppler to hear my baby, <laughs> baby's heartbeat every single day. And so I want you to know, like, it, it doesn't make the anxiety go away and, and there's nothing wrong with you. And there, there's no shame in having that anxiety because what you went through and what I went through was traumatizing. I still remember the smell of the lab where you went to get your blood drawn and the, the ceiling tiles of, you know, the hospital. Like, it, it's just the... I, the, the trauma is real and I want to validate that for you. I want you to know you're seen and I feel, I feel you, but my daughter's pregnancy was the most beautiful gift in my life. I had a scare with her. I did actually bleed out with her first trimester, worse than any of my miscarriages and man, God, God, I, I, I turned to, I just, like fell on my knees and turned to God. And I, he tested my faith in that moment, but he carried me through. And I, I, I was able to, I couldn't believe that she was okay. As much as I was bleeding, I couldn't believe that she was all right, but she was, I actually had a hematoma in my uterus that I suppose finally was able to 
disperse um, because of the blood thinners. Um, what, what we did later find out, what we believe happened with all my miscarriages, and this is why I want to push, I want to encourage you to not settle until you've received answers um, with the combination of the MTHFR, the lupus antibodies, the positive ANA, all of that. Um, more than likely what happened is microscopic clots formed between myself and the placenta, you know, early on in the pregnancy and just didn't allow blood flow and oxygen to get to my babies. So, um, again, you know, I wish I had known this earlier, but God's timing is perfect. And my beautiful rainbow baby, Scarlett Noel, she was born, um, April, no, no, that's my son. Sorry. May 12th, 2014. And I've shared so much of my journey and I went through a lot, you know, postpartum, but being a mom has been the most beautiful, rewarding job in my entire life. And I just want to speak to somebody today that's hurting. I, I'm getting choked up thinking about it because um, the pain is real. The, the loneliness you feel is real. And I never expected to go through to go through all of that. I always dreamed of being a mom. I saw people around me becoming moms. And I, I thought I would just be one of them. You know, I didn't think I would struggle in this way, but I did. And God shaped me. He didn't waste my pain. He, the appreciation I feel for my children is everything. I, 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 it's, it's insurmountable. I can't put it into words. And so remember every valley we face, every valley we have to go through, it makes the mountaintops that much higher. It makes them feel that much more liberating. And it makes us, you know, think of glass half full. We, we appreciate this life so much more because of the valleys. So um, I want to leave you all with two verses that helped carry me through if you're going through infertility, um, you know, and I will say, uh, thank God for my diagnosis, you guys, because I got diagnosed. My fertility specialist told me you need to go tell every woman in your family and your, you know, your sisters and your mom to go get checked for this genetic mutation. And they all had it every single female in my family, not my brothers, but my sisters did. And my mom, which probably explained her three miscarriages. And my uh, sister had also suffered a 14 week loss and had no idea why and um, was able to get treatment for her next pregnancy. So the pain that I had to go through helped, you know, my sisters have the knowledge they needed to go on and have healthy pregnancies. So I'm grateful. And uh, you just never know what God's doing behind the scenes. Um, But so two verses, guys, that I want you to hold on to if you're in the waiting period, if you're hurting today, if you know someone that has just experienced a loss, Proverbs 3, 5, um, it's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And the reason I held on to this verse so much is when I was bleeding with my daughter, I remember just saying this verse and praying over it and thinking, all right, I my understanding of right now what is happening is I'm losing this baby. But God, but God is stronger and and more powerful and sees the whole picture. He knows. He knows if my baby's okay. So I'm going to let go of my understanding. I'm going to I'm you know, I'm not going to just hold on to what I think is happening because God knows what is happening. And I'm going to trust him fully. I'm not going to go off of my understanding anymore of what I think is happening or what I think needs to happen. And um, another verse 
that also really helped me and just gave me hope in the valleys was Joel 2.25. And it says, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. So that's my rainbow baby. That's how God restored to me my, you know, I went through years of pain and maybe you are right now as well. Or maybe you're going to go through something like this and you need to know that God did not put the desire in your heart to be a mother for no reason. So listen, I want you to know that God will restore what the locust has eaten. Your rainbow is coming. Maybe it won't look in the way you you thought, right? Maybe maybe it will come through adoption. Maybe it will come through a surrogate. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know what was going to be the end you know, result for me either. But just keep the faith. Know that good things are coming. The Lord will carry you through. Um, fight for answers. Be an advocate for yourself and your unborn children. And um, never lose hope. God's got you. And um, one day when you get to hold that baby, as I did, um, it will be the most remarkable day of your life and it will change your life. So sorry to get a little choked up on this episode. I know it's random. It has nothing to do with things I typically talk about, but I felt called to share it. And I just pray that I'll find out who needs to hear it, who needed to hear it, because I know somebody's supposed to. Um, But I love you all. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hearing my story. I hope even if it's not infertility, if you're struggling, you'll know that God's got you and he's going to carry you through. Just keep praying. Pray with open hands, not closed fists and know he loves you. All right, guys. Thanks for being here and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Friends, thank you so much for taking these few minutes today to listen to this episode and invest in you. If you are loving these episodes, please feel free to share, like, and review. And also, as you go about your week, don't forget to check out my whole food recipes featured on my blog, livehealthywithlaura.com. And for any bookworms like me out there, feel free to also pick up a copy of one or all three of my books that are available wherever books are sold. I hope this week that you will commit to love yourself through each and every day. So that way you can feel your best and also in return, be a light to others. Stay healthy, my friends, and I will chat with you again next Monday.